0: Welcome back to Doctor's Vaccine. I'm Steve and joining us from cyberspace is Adam Myros.
1: Oh, it's uh, you kicked to me first. I yeah, we're back. We were promising a cyber month but Unfortunately, Jack is so consumed with discussing everything everywhere all at once that uh, we're gonna have to cut it short, we, uh, we have to really dive into the deep end
0: straight away. That's true. He uh, Jack, uh, Jack, who is also here, hello Jack. I, I am uh, here, yeah, it's a pleasure to chat in cyberspace
2: with you guys.
0: He simply will not stop talking about everything everywhere all at once. Guys, uh, he, do you he, he
2: understand can... what it's about? It's about experiences and feelings. Things you wouldn't know anything
0: he says, about. He says, Daddy, Daddy, let me let me suckle on the hot dog fingers. Please, Daddy, go to the fucking A24 web store, buy me the hot white dog man. fingers.
2: You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, is our life so easy? You don't know what it's like.
0: You know? I fucking love people that were like melting down. I mean, Everything Everywhere All at Once, it was nominated for like 100 things, and it won like 99 out of 100 things.
2: And they're still but mad then, about what it didn't win, or who won. They were mad about jamie lee curtis in the film winning ahead of another actress in the same category person
0: who got nominated for the same thing there's yeah they will never be happy
2: they're the most i don't know it's super like it's most chill film but like hey maybe we should all be nice to each other and like plaster over everything wrong with the world and put on a happy face and their fans are just like fuck you
0: it's incredible they're, they're like a death cult (laughs) <laughs> i have all I'm so glad it's amazing.
1: That I don't participated the discourse. I, this is all news to me. So far as I know, it's a movie that looks vaguely annoying that that the children seem to like, and uh, it won Best Picture. That's that's as far as I go on my everything everywhere like we the world. Once knowledge,
2: professional critics get like death threats for saying it's okay. That's that would like the director has had to step in twice. One of the directors has had to step in like twice on Twitter to ask Uh, his fans to like (laughs) tone it down, please. Real normal (laughs) film, just just regular stuff, you know, sounds like the only uh,
1: the only way to win is by never watching it. Two late.
0: Yeah, you're going to be in trouble, man. You're you're in film school with all those those young, hip kids, all these fucking 20 year olds. That's their favorite movie, man. What are you going to talk to him about? Well, this is why
1: I don't want to watch it, because I don't want to be like, well, actually, you're all dumb fucks, uh, get old, and you'll realize yeah. how much this movie is not great. But I haven't seen it, maybe it's great. In my mind, it, you know, I've got a Schrodinger's cat going on here, so I, I can get away with this.
2: I mean, the funny <laughs> thing about it is that, like, compared to other recent Oscar winners, it's really not bad. I mean, compared to the Shape of Water, it's a fucking doddle to get through. Coda, that film doesn't exist. Who knows? Green Book? You guys have seen Green Book. I'm pretty sure it's better than that. I haven't seen it. Uh, Like, just just... The the recent Best Picture winners have, with the exception of Parasite, been so shitty that, honestly, it's fine. It's really not that bad a movie. It's just not a good movie. But people just lost their shit over it because it's basically like Marvel, but with an indie stamp over top.
0: Yeah, that's all it is. It really is just a, a fucking like Dr. Strange movie, but you know, with, with the hot dog fingers and A24 weirdness. That sounds worse than Green Book to me. I mean,
1: you got pizza, pasta, (laughs) ravioli out there uh, saving the world and you know, that's what
2: I want. (laughs) It's it's possible. It might be a a closer race. And I think I never got to Green Book because the thing is, if you don't watch the Oscar nominees until after the Oscars are over, then they cease to exist. You never have to watch them again. Um, and mm-hmm. I keep failing to fucking remember that. To be fair, when I watched uh, Everything Everywhere all at once, it was not an Oscar contender. It, it really picked up steam later on. It was just an A24 movie starring Michelle Yeoh, which, you know, reasonably, I had, I had expectations going in this, you know, this is interesting. And it was disappointing. She's great in it. She's fine. I'm very happy she won an Oscar. That's really cool. You know, fantastic. Should have won <laughs> it for a myriad of other things she's done. But whatever, it worked out. But, you know, the movie's just like, well, that's not very good. And then for months online, it was like, give it all the Oscars, it's amazing.
1: I see some faults in your logic here, Jack. What's the last A24 movie you thought was, like, genuinely interesting?
2: I don't remember which ones they are. I keep boycotting them because I keep editing them now, but still want to m- watch that Pleasure movie because I've heard it's good, but A24... I think they nixed it, actually. They dropped it because they wanted to cut it because they're not actually that indie. So I think Neon picked it up, but I haven't... I'm. Got to it since then. I don't know a twenty four. I don't pay. Maros,
0: I, I, how how you you forget? I think you're forgetting some things there. A2, what about Uncut Gems? Never Come saw on. it. No, uh, didn't see it. Uncut Gems is great. Yeah, sure. that's a good. That is Moonlight, a good one. Moonlight's
1: good. Yeah, I I am lumping their horror in because their horror annoys me to such a degree that I'm like fuck this goddamn. Well,
2: country. it's fucking escape the noose now. Like you got shit like Smile, which would be a classic a twenty four horror movie, but it's not even by a twenty four. Like it's it's. It's just out in the wild now. Everyone's making them, and they suck so badly. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, and to Florida be fair, Project I... Sean Baker, come on, that's a twenty-four. Yeah, that's...
1: yeah. I, I, again, I, I'm speaking out of turn just because my mind is poisoned by their horror output and, and how it became such a, a piece of the discourse. You know, the, speaking, uh, speaking of Asian
2: horror. Asian family allegories, I mean, and Steve, you'll back me on this. Everything, everywhere, all at once mm-hmm. isn't even the worst of those from last year because there was also Sandra O's Uma which is, oh, I Uma. think, 100% the worst film I saw last year, and I don't say that lightly. It is it is an absolutely awful film. Uh, I fucking
0: told you that, oh, and then you, you went and watch it anyway. Uh, yeah, well, I already had a copy <laughs> on my computer, so... I was like, damn, I watched this on an airplane. I want to fucking kill myself. It's awful. <laughs> and it's the kind of awful, too, where it's like you could tell everybody tried really hard. Oh, God, And it doesn't yeah. matter.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's, I it's, I mean, like it's a it's horror. It's worse. It's the a horror film. That, makes it worse. Yeah, it's a horror film that doesn't need to be a horror movie. It's literally just about reconciling your past and you know being a better person in the most generic way possible. And then for some reason they like put it together like it was an early aught horror movie. Makes zero sense. Yeah. It's not scary. It's not enlighting. Enlightening. It's just absolutely incredibly bad. Uh, why, so yeah, why,
1: how was this on anyone's radar? Why has this been watched by both of you?
2: I just because I keep it's called Beat on an Asian- Airplane well it's the asian american experience is finally making its way to american screens and i mean that would be interesting if half the movies didn't suck ass
0: (laughs) yeah pretty much and for me literally i'm on an airplane and then i see a sandra o led horror movie that i had never heard of that was released in like 2022 or whatever and i was like the fuck is this and (laughs) a normal normal steve would be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up, I'm gonna read about it, and then I, I probably would have said, not for me, and avoided it. But I didn't, I, I didn't, because I was on a, I was on a fucking airplane. What am I gonna do? So I just saw it. I go, eh, ninety minutes. How bad can it be? Real fucking bad, man. <laughs> it's
2: real, it's real bad. I gotta say, I, I'm in a special category in that I've seen fucking Uma, but not Minari, which is like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really doing the Asian American cinema no, thing correctly no. right now. So, man, I need to get right with 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 cinema again.
0: This is, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to tag you in some stop Asian hate shit right now, man.
2: (laughs) I keep watching these movies from Asia.
0: That was a a big one. The
1: Asians that got married. Oh, Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah. No.
2: Oh, there was that one. Wasn't there another one? Oh, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. The promise or some, what was that called? I didn't see that one. People said that was good, too. I never got... This episode is not about... We're we're, we're supposed (laughs) to venture into the darkest depths of cyberspace. And we're talking about (laughs) Asian people on screen, which is far less speculative, theoretically, except Hollywood is (laughs) fucked up. They got to cyberspace before they got to Asian people. It's about...
0: It's it's about do you or do you not fuck with crazy rich Asians. That's that's the whole episode. It also helps that this is uh, like the subject of the next podcast.
2: <laughs> sweet, sweet. <laughs> yeah, Who Steve brought better? this up? Adam brought this up. Just, well, just I just brought it up to mock you for cutting short Cyber Month, Jack. I didn't cut. Co- well, can you fucking blame me after these three movies we watched? Well, two yeah. of them. One of them's you know debatable. We're on we're on the the edge, but you know, I mean, once we start Hate venturing say, guys, in here,
0: the internet's canceled. I uh I had to go to a, a trade show for work, and they had one of those fucking robot dogs there for, at one of the booths. You know, you know what I'm talking about—the fucking Boston Dynamics fucked up like murder oh, dog. Oh,
2: fucking yeah, yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, pretty soon, yeah. that's gonna be it's, a that's thing for me. Every fucking have, street had, corner,
0: VR robot dogs that are gonna fucking maul you. And I was like, I know what you fuckers are doing. Get that thing away from me. They're I've not gonna maul the you.
2: They're gonna shoot you with a fucking <laughs> aor 15 strapped to their back. <laughs>
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, so we're we're trying to continue this cyber journey because obviously when we talk about uh nineties virtual reality, uh the cyber film craze, we're talking about formative action, formative horror. We gotta talk lawnmower man, so we did, but then it's got, you go, okay. After lawnmower man, what is what is the legacy of the lawnmower man left <laughs> And what a legacy it was, because this is great too, because not only is the world becoming enamored with the idea of what the internet is or what the internet can be and what virtua- virtual reality is and what it can be, but at the same time, CGI is is sort of blossoming into uh, you know, digital effects are, are really replacing the practical effects uh, of the prior era. So you're getting these Stone Age CGI effects mixed with, uh, like an asinine, uh, backwards and, and look at like what the future of, of online experiences looks like. And it's all wonderful. It's, it's beautiful shit. I gotta say. And we decided to, uh, you know, ex- explore a few more of these and, and figure out wh- where where we headed, where, where did the year 1994, the year 1995, where did they think the internet was going to take us? And I'll tell you where it was going to take us. We we watched the sequel to Lawnmower Man. And it was a little ditty called Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War, or Beyond Cyberspace, if you're a fucking rube. And we said, you know, this is horrible. And not only is it horrible, but it's kind of weird because where's Jeff Faye? Like, here's the guy who will take a paycheck from anyone. And he was unceremoniously pushed out or or maybe said no because Lord knows it's the worst script I've ever seen put the <laughs> screen, and what was he doing instead? And he said, you know what? I'm still high on those cyber fumes. So I'm going to do my own movie, starring a different movie directed by Paul Ziller uh, about virtual reality. And here we are with a film called virtual seduction, a TV film, no less. And uh, I do prefer the original title, which was cyber sex. Very into that. Uh, I, I can't imagine why they would change it to virtual seduction. Instead.
1: Well, yeah, maybe they were like contractually obligated to include some amount of sex if they use that that title. You know, I don't know.
0: That's yeah, TV <laughs> and, sex, and unfortunately, so...
1: Even then, this yeah, is ba- this is doesn't even cross that line really. It it barely stumbles to any sort of sexual encounter whatsoever.
2: Which is why it's really confusing no. that what we watch seems to be labeled as some kind of extended cut. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's just like,
0: they just start speaking Italian halfway through.
2: <laughs> I think, you know, this is it the case hey, that maybe they pad it out? Maybe this got a video release probably in Europe and someone reverse yeah. imported it and like the Americans never saw those scenes because who wants to see more of virtual seduction? No one has watched this movie and wished it was longer. Uh, but someone no. someone brought back in the the European extended card that's my guess that's I, believe the that's reason exactly,
1: I, I believe that's exactly the case is this is a Corman picture uh, and yeah it was it was for TV here and there's a slightly longer and I mean slightly
2: uh, and not you would racier, think if they were doing uh, that though they'd put they put actual nudity in it because they sell this thing as essentially a PG movie. I mean, it's PG-13 because they acknowledge sex. It's just there's no actual sex in the movie. There's Jeff Faye wearing roomy pants in one (laughs) scene. That's about as (laughs) close as we get to anything. Um, Like, in Italy, Italy's not going to stand for this. They've been making racy, insane, sordid shit for decades. And, you know, passing it off as regular entertainment.
1: Yeah, what was the TV movie in Italy? The Washing Machine. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean there's nudity in Italian advertising, let alone their mm-hmm. fucking movies.
0: Yeah. Uh this one is yeah, it's it's dull, let's be honest. And it certainly looks like a TV movie. Uh two things you can count on though. One, Jeff Fahey. Name a sexier man in cyberspace, you can't do it. Uh he's just absolutely drowning in cyber pussy at all times. Uh just just a beautiful man. And I love how they describe virtual reality in this movie, and it is described as more real than reality. Which, yeah, that's great. That's, it's all they give us. Really, really nice. Uh, But again, better than Job's War. If if you could choose your own sequel to the Lawnmower Man, this is probably a better route to go down. I think.
2: Yeah, it's a better movie. Out of the three that we watched,
0: this was. This is like Myro's favorite of the of the movie. No, it was, it was not. It was it was my <laughs> second
1: favorite. I will say. There's a clear. Statement you were out seduced of my. by this film. I mean, it, <laughs> I I think this is like a perfectly like fine movie as far as like TV movie standards go. I was like I found it engaging enough. I mean, there's nothing really happening here, but it's it's kind of it's it's all Fahey. <laughs> it's just like I don't mind spending time with this. Uh, but, yeah, it's a movie that that has some ideas. I could see, like, the script for this actually being somewhat compelling, but it does not have uh, the resources or the ambitions to uh, really realize any of those ideas.
2: <laughs> it just doesn't... Like, I mean, no. th- to make this as a TV movie... So, I mean, run over the plot here is essentially uh, Jeff Fahey elopes with his girlfriend, uh, and they're going to go out and get married and go on the road, and instead they get, like held up by this thug and his girlfriend is murdered and he's beaten up and he wakes up later and his life is ruined because he can't get over this girl who, you know, he couldn't save and died. And so he just gets a job doing cyberspace testing. There's kind of a five-year gap between those things. And um, he, he just does this and he has another girl inside who's a reporter that he's kind of seeing but not really. But as the cyberspace testing works, the cyberspace, like, links into his subconscious and his dead girlfriend ex-girlfriend starts appearing in cyberspace and he starts being falling for her all over again and has to make a choice between you know the real and the fake etc see this and sounds all compelling this is, what you just said right though. exactly all of this is viable <laughs> yeah. except that it's a tv movie it's a movie that like it is literally it's a movie about exploring the darkest realms of the human psyche except it has to pass FCC network broadcasting standards. Yeah, which mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem. It's not even a budget issue here. It's literally just a, they can't do anything. So it's pretty much just Jeff Fahey, like looking vaguely uncomfortable while this woman shows up in his dreams. is like remember me? And it's like yep. And then that's that's one scene. And then they they kind of dawdle around for a bit. They have a, a intrigue subplot where another company is hacking it, but it's not actually the other company. It's the company works for that's, that's leering into this for some reason. I, do, I don't know if it's ever particularly clear. None of, But none of it really fits together appropriately. It pretty much It's basically it's a softcore porn movie with no sex in it. And But otherwise yeah. the pacing and the setup for scenes it literally cannot provide. Which makes it frustrating. Well, this to
1: me like where this movie falls on its ass because it's like it, it wants to be this psychological thing at its its heart but yeah, it has to play by these sort of like very television rules and not just it, not just censorship, you know, not just in what it can explore, but also in like what it feels it needs to deliver to an audience, which in this case is, is this fucking bullshit intrigue where the person who runs the VR thing is installing a separate chip, a clandestine chip into the VR, to, which is, I guess, what allows for the whole subconscious thing. But it's like. Why? Like, couldn't that just be like, oh, maybe the machine is learning on its own, or maybe we didn't understand the repercussions, but it's got to have this fucking bullshit that's going to make the dads in the audience go, oh, no, I'm intrigued. Tom Clancy must have wrote this or something.
2: I mean, the dads are in the audience just going, are any of these ladies going to take their tops off? And the answer is absolutely no. Well, that's they're watching it on nope, CBS
1: Sunday happen.
0: night. They know better than that, I would think, right? well may- maybe i do no like the way that it gets around sex though because you know there's because the whole thing is about jeff Faye. he just wants to fuck his dead girlfriend on the internet sure but as we all do I- instead of actually doing that which he would have if this was a cinemax film or if this was an actual like you know direct-to-video movie or or theatrically released he would probably just fuck his dead girlfriend however Instead, it's just like, oh, no, he's fantasizing about his dead girlfriend while he's in virtual reality, and they, then they do, like, erotic PG body painting instead of <laughs> having sex. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Sure, sure, man, whatever you got to do, whatever whatever fucking turns you on. I was um, disappointed
1: but, in, in one aspect in particular, and that is uh, Meshack Taylor, old Hollywood Montrose himself, is... Uh, this is a miscast at a half. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Just making this, you know, notoriously flamboyant fellow just like boring scientist number two. It is his bizarre casting, and uh, it was a very disappointing inclusion of, of Meshach.
2: He also is one of the most confusing pieces in the film where... Um, He's he's what he's able to watch Fahey in cyberspace on a monitor, and that's his job. He's supposed to monitor Fahey's interactions because they're testing this virtual reality environment, essentially. And Fahey's just, like, hanging out on a beach with his girlfriend, his dead girlfriend, in there. And then someone, like, comes in and, and like, asks him what he's doing. And I, I don't remember the exact, like, elements of it, but essentially it's like he's watching a image on the monitor of Fahey and this girl on a beach somewhere in a sunrise scenario and then someone's like is he doing that in cyberspace it's like oh shit he is as if he'd forgotten (laughs) what's actually on the monitor and he was watching Fahey like on a beach somewhere it's just uh completely you know just bewildering and the whole the whole film is basically kind of like that it's like it's just trying to yoink some kind of uh uh, intrigue from an incredibly thin premise and really like this whole premise it doesn't have to be densely packed it should be shot stylishly and they and they do an okay job with that i mean it's actually not like really not a bad looking film no uh you know for for its budget level they got a lot of like gels on the lights to you know make it look a little bit you know jalo esque and stuff you know uh, but you know, just, literally, the problem is they just they can't they can't do the fundamental thing, which is that if you're going on a dark sordid affair of the mind, you know, you you have to go somewhere. You can't just wander around that concept for ninety minutes. People will get bored, and everyone who's watched this movie would have to like no one loves staring at Jeff Fahey that much
1: uh yeah well, fair enough speak for yourself but it's, it, it, it does go a long <laughs> way Fahey is doing the work here and it's uh yeah it, a, a lot about this love triangle and the implications and this stuff that I wanted to dig in on and for for a good hour of the film I was like well maybe this is doing something and then again it, it just it gets back to this <laughs> corporate espionage horseshit. shit like I have no idea what the finale of this movie is is meant to be doing like the big evil boss kind of comes in and talks about like military applications and manifesting death or something. And I'm like, what Does you just want him to die? <laughs> <in the machine? laughs> or or does he want him to, uh, to not die somehow? And I'm like, I, I literally have no fucking idea. What is yeah, being I... described to me? <laughs>
2: It's, it is very, because because the whole concept is they basically they want virtual, and by the way, the virtual reality in this comes in like a giant, like the fly pod, like it's yep. a whole pod that you have to stand in. And, it, and their dream mm. is that every home will have one of these pods alongside their TV, you know, it's going to become a household tech. Uh, but then the boss secretly wants it to dive into Jeff Fahey's subconscious for reasons that I... Is he? I don't know. Is it military applications? They never really clarified this what thing. It,
1: that's what is meant to imply toward the end, because he he keeps talking about how he wants the machine to manifest death, and I'm like, does he <laughs> right. want? Does he want the machine to resurrect? The girlfriend in the physical world, or does he want Jeff Fahey to just be killed by the machine? Because that doesn't seem like that great of a technological uh, jump forward to have a machine that could kill someone. Because that, uh, let me tell
2: you, there's plenty of those. It's yeah it's it's very confusing and and along with the analog of ten- television it would be like if you were testing television you wanted to make a mass product for everyone but you specifically were like the military will give me money to make televisions dangerous and unpleasant <laughs> and it's like just you know the the application will come afterwards uh is is very confusing and they have this like danger like it opens with this like monologue Faye over empty streets and it's like You know, oh, it's New Year's Eve, but no one's on the street. No one goes out anymore. And then it cuts back five years and the whole story starts. And it's kind of like supposed to set up this intriguing premise, which you forget about pretty quickly. You kind of forget there was even a setup for it. And then at the end of the movie, it's like it cuts back and it's like, remember the opening? And you're like, no, I don't remember. (laughs) But I get, okay. well, let's let's get back on this. And it's like, yeah, the the cyber pods took off and no one goes outdoors anymore. It's like, okay, um. Great. That's uh, not in the film. No, uh, except for me, yeah, right. me and
1: my new girlfriend, we bang all the time in the real world. Like,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah. he's like he's just so a man. He's the only man who has a girlfriend in the real world because he found out how dangerous dangerous his, his ex-girlfriend was. This is to be fair, this movie has some um you know like a uh, current day uh analogs, I think. For, yeah. Like, this really is, to my mind, a, a tremendous vision of, like, the Meta project, Mark Zuckerberg and Meta, in that basically it's <laughs> kind of like, imagine you can go to a restaurant and you could control your restaurant experience and you can pretend to eat things, but you aren't eating them and you will still be hungry. And it's like, that's, that's kind of like <laughs> Meta. It's like, imagine a product that's very expensive and doesn't really do anything. And sure enough, the only problem is that, like, we watched this movie... Like last week, and frankly that means this movie probably is a longer legacy than Meta has, which just fucking imploded overnight and no longer exists and is gone. Well, the movie is <laughs> at, at least somewhat like
1: prophetic it, compared to something like job's war, uh which seems to have no understanding <laughs> of, of what the implications of, of increasing technologies are like this is is really about the social destruction that could be wrought by modern technology and the dissolution of like actual relations in in this physical space and i mean it's it's
2: basically about porn addiction but they can't put sex in
1: it yeah which is yeah again it's a movie with ideas it's a movie that is uh again it it probably aired on fucking syndicated family channel or something so uh it it was not allowed (laughs) to explore those ideas in any way and is therefore Eh, yeah, watchable, but n- not not exciting or, uh, you know, titillating in any way, despite the fact that it is called both Virtual Seduction and Cyber Sex. <laughs>
2: <laughs> cyber. This is the one Italian movie, or the one movie that was released in Italy, that the producers should have gone and just put hardcore inserts in. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have to do it with oh, Caligula. Yeah. They should have done it for this one.
0: Absolutely. If this movie had hardcore inserts, it'd be, I, I mean, it, it'd be way more solid. Three out of five. If it's got, if at it's least got there's some surprises it every time we cut
2: to it. You'd be like, "What the fuck is happening?" That would have been something. Yeah,
0: I know. Just kind of jolt me, jolt me awake. Uh well, you know, let's go from a movie that that has some ideas to a movie that thinks it has some ideas, but boy, are they dumb. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Cyber Vengeance. What a picture!
2: I thought this would have a ah. lot more cyber to it than it actually has. Um, oops. Uh, or,
0: or more vengeance for that matter. It's, <laughs> it's really not neither. A lot of, yeah.
2: There's a bit of vengeance towards the end. They just into drop a new character in towards the end, and she has like a vengeance mission.
1: Yeah, I mean, if only uh, kind we of. had any concept of who she was, or like again, it was it was all just so vague the entire time. I'm like, oh, well, that guy's in a wheelchair. Uh, I who knew? I I don't fucking have any. Was that a reveal? I don't know. I think Steve's could confuse like <laughs> uh me enjoying uh virtual seduction with uh, me actually just hating cyber vengeance much more.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's probably true. Uh Cyber Vengeance if you're if you're unfamiliar this is a uh, a 1995 DTV film and it is an oddity and a curiosity because it is simultaneously dirt cheap looking and yet there's so many things that pop up throughout the film where you go, what the fuck? That had to cost a fortune. Why is that in here? And that is the mystery of Cyber Vengeance. So I, I think, Myros, maybe maybe we can both agree on this one. I think I would find a making of featurette or a director's commentary of Cyber Vengeance more interesting than the film that yeah, I watched. certainly. You'll be, um,
2: you're but- lucky, you're lucky, this was Vinegar Syndrome put this out as one of their archive, you know, limited editions, and they have, like, it's like a 22-minute little little making-of thing where they talk to the writer and the director and the director of photography, who happens to be Matthew Howe of uh, Shattered Dead, a really tremendously great film, Um, and basically all they talk about in the making-of is basically um how the director of this film is really good at making movies for nothing. And it's pretty much just them repeatedly exclaiming, can you believe we managed to do this in this movie? Like none of them are like, this movie's great. And none of them is like, oh man, everyone does really great work in this movie. And it's such a fascinating movie. They don't, you know, they understand that's probably not what they're doing. They're more like as an exercise in low budget filmmaking, this is a really tremendous, you know, stretching of the purse strings. Like they've, they really... Like, they found a dude who had, like, recreation biplanes, and they managed to stage a dogfight. They have a World War II scene. They have a a Vietnam War scene. They have a martial arts section. I thought the whole thing was going to be a martial arts movie based on the the advertising for it. It looked like it was going to be, like, another martial law or, you know, something like that, or Talons of the ego, but with like a cyberspace element. But no, that's just the first 10 minutes of the movie, which personally I think is probably the best 10 minutes of the movie, because it's just absolutely ridiculous. There's a bunch of guys oh. doing the worst fight choreography you've ever seen, but in like the little castle that's in Central Park. Um, and I can I only love imagine this the- nerd shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's great. And there's a lady <laughs> tied up and a man trying to like hold a burning spiky jar over her head and it's too hot and he can't keep holding it but if he drops it it'll, it'll smush her head uh, it's it's very mm-hmm. exciting and our, and our, and it introduces us to our lead character who is and I, I feel unkind to this in learning that the, the poor man has passed since uh, quite recently but uh, he is not a leading man like, leading actor guy he's just some dude I don't know why he's the lead actor in this thing and he's just basically he likes VR games That's his characteristic in this thing. He's
0: like, he's like the proto Reddit guy, you know. Like he's (laughs) he's playing this video game, and first of all, this like this is one of my favorite little details of Cyber Vengeance. He's in this video game, and he's wearing like a gi and like a fucking karate belt, and he's fighting like all these muscle men and trying to save a princess who's like wearing this sheer shirt so you can still see her boobs, and it's it's just masterful filmmaking, and. He's out there doing his karate moves, but he only has a purple belt, which is like fucking like mid-tier karate. He doesn't even have like a black belt and he's out there doing his shit. And then when he comes out of like the virtual zone or whatever, the first thing he does is he calls up the company and complains because someone was in the video game. Like one of the bad guys was doing a, a move that wasn't authentic to the time period And he's just like, yeah, just so you know, like, I know a lot about this stuff, and he was doing Drunken Monkey style, and that was actually 2,000 years after. Just this beautiful, beautiful Reddit energy that he's just, you know, really, really shoving the wall. And that's what he looks like, too. And then there's, like, there's, like, cyber within the cyber, too, because then he, like, wakes up from from that, and and there's, like, a a hot chick who wants to bang him, but that's actually his virtual girlfriend, and he's got a real girlfriend. Then we're treated to him like dry humping his couch seductively,
2: right? Yeah, it sets Um, up an amazing sequence where where his his real girlfriend comes home to find him literally dry humping the sofa with a headset on, and we're supposed, but but our sympathies are supposed to continue to lie with this man, which is a daring Mm -hmm. gambit from a script perspective, I can tell you, and it doesn't work, really doesn't work at all. Also,
0: there's this big reveal with his girlfriend at the end that makes perfect sense because like. When he snaps out of the the virtual reality like cyber sex thing, and then he's back with his real girlfriend, you're like, oh, she's super hot. What? Why? What is he doing? Like, right. <laughs> and then you find out at the end that she's been like deceiving him the entire time. Yeah, she's time. basically like,
2: Sharon Stone and Total Recall uh, for yeah, reasons that totally. are indiscernible. Because uh, what what gets me about this movie is that like the fundamental dramatic crux of this film. Doesn't make any sense. It's just completely incomprehensible. So, so like, this develops. He, he, I think he's he he works testing VR. So his, I think he's not calling them to complain. I think he's like giving them feedback, maybe about how there's like he's a, he's
0: a virtual prison guard at the virtual. Prison. Oh, this, <laughs> that's... <on>. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, the games yeah, are that. do you remember all those Oh my god. Yeah, okay, he's like you're, you're correct. He he is. Showing I
1: was the smartest guy I ever. I yeah, think live he can... and quoting philosophers and uh, you playing yeah. like Go or some shit. That's I don't true.
2: I fr- I I forgot the virtual prison was actually a job, but yeah, it's, it's true. But anyway, yeah. he loves virtual reality stuff, but he gets roped in because Robert Davi, who filmed for a day, um, they got him for a day and, um, he is the evil owner of this, this virtual reality corporation, which runs the virtual prison he attends, but also makes these virtual, virtual reality games. And essentially he's running a side hustle where he, rich people, pay him to enter virtual reality to basically do like the most dangerous game to hunt humans in virtual reality but here's the thing about this right every virtual reality film i've ever seen right pretty quickly nails in the mast it's like if you die in cyberspace you die in real life or your brain is fried there's like a real world consequences so it's important Mm -hmm. that you perform well in cyberspace not this movie. In this movie, if you die, you start a new game or you just leave either or just take the headset off.
0: Or but, if they want you dead because these are like death row criminals, then they basically, they wake you up and then they give you a lethal injection <laughs> you <right>? die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, what, none of this makes
2: any sense. And what, what it essentially means is that Robert Davi is working this, he kidnaps our hero to because he's the best VR game player so he can be hunted in cyberspace. But he's basically it's just some dudes... Hunting him, and he keeps beating them, and they keep like going, ah, oh, d- d- gosh, gosh, darn it, and they log back in and play a different game. Like literally, Robert Davi is is making a sinister LAN party. Effectively, it's, mm-hmm. it's this is just just some friends playing a game. He could have hired the guy to play the games and then upcharged the millionaires. It the, the, essentially the entire dramatic stakes of this film do not make any sense whatsoever. And it's just an excuse for them to hop between different scenarios so they can make eight different genres of movie in 90 minutes. Um, And none of them particularly successfully, but surprisingly for the fact that it's very clear they had no money.
0: So that's, and that's cyber. And and that's the thing that's like, it's like once they get to the, the, the virtual reality war games, most dangerous game bullshit, that's where it gets, Interesting for me because while the the premise itself completely falls apart, uh, because like you said, like they don't actually die in the game, even though like one of the characters she gets shot and she's like, Oh, it's it hurts so much. The pain is real, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, nope, you're gonna get woken up and lethal injected. Uh it is stunning what they are doing with no money. Because up until the point where they actually jump into the game, everything Looks like cheap shit in in kind of a fun, kitschy way, but it's cheap as shit. Robert Davi is like sucking up all the budget on screen. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, Civil War reenactment. I bet that's just like a local group. That was a good use of, you know, the resources around you. And then all of a sudden you're like, World War One dogfight. They are actually flying in airplanes. These are real World War One airplanes that are flying around. How have we accomplished this? I don't know. And then, you know, uh, we're in Vietnam and, and, you know, that's that's less technically impressive, but it still looks all right. And you're like, OK. And then we jump to World War II, and it's like, oh, everyone's in era appropriate uniforms. And there's tanks like real and, and tanks, giant explosions, like real ass tanks. Where are you going to real ass tank? I have no idea. Zero hmm.
2: idea. It's it's, it's it's it is really impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it really is something. It's just unfortunate the film never coalesces into something compelling like it, it really becomes very obvious that the only the the t- what the feat of the film is not something for the audience it's for the people who made the mm-hmm. film to look back and go yeah. like man this is really impressive what we pulled off but it's not really rewarding for audiences to watch
0: sure but that puts it in line with basically every contemporary blockbuster film so uh, you know maybe <laughs> there is something here that we're missing i mean it's a test and
2: kind of thing you know it's oh, like you you, you would you sure. would definitely show this to other financiers and go look if you give me like a hundred grand or two hundred grand like i i can turn something out you know that's, yeah, that's, that's what this feels so like fucking well, <laughs> yeah
0: no <laughs> <laughs> well this was probably like a 10 grand movie and five of that went to robert davi just to show up for a day uh yeah i now the other thing i really like about this is you know we talked about how the main character is uh Well, we'll say he's not a conventional action star, but the script really tries to make him cool. And how do you make him cool? Well, with like little one-liners and catchphrases, of course. And what this movie does is Cyber Vengeance says, I'm not going to give him a traditional catchphrase. We're going to make up things that kind of sound like other things, but aren't actual like phrases that any human being would utter. So we get little treats like this. You can
2: suck my fuck you.
0: Not you could suck a fuck. It's you could suck my fuck you, or my personal favorite. Instead of saying fuck off, what do you say? <sighs>
2: suck off.
0: <laughs> it's really great stuff. It's you really can tell wonderful. they were suck really off.
2: hoping that this would like catch on, that this would be a thing. Oh yeah, everybody's never ne- gonna be a thing. What the fuck yeah. is this?
1: He looks like a fucking like ninety five pound guy
2: Fieri uh, or something. It's just, yeah. I, I can't stand to look at him. Well, yeah, he looks. He looks ah! like Edward no he looks like Edward Norton in American yeah, History well, X also he didn't bother to hit know, the gym. For God's sake, shave your he head, just, I
1: wish this guy joined up with the, the skinheads so he wasn't rocking this goddamn 90s disaster of like hair gel and fucking pain. Suck
2: off.
0: Myros, so I got a question for you though. If you were like a Russian general who loved Dick, what would your name be? Okay, okay. It suck down. off. Myros, so I got another question for you. Let's what what if like a family of mosquitoes were nesting in your mouth? What would be the solution to Let getting even them to know leave? If that that oh, functions, suck Steve, off. I think you got to work on your
1: <laughs> scenarios.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what offices? That's common you, mosquito. You you would kind of work on it. I'm coming up with these out of the fly. I like, mean, she's me trying.
2: That's more than it's more I, than I, the people made this off. movie.
1: Try there, there's just, not really an attempt to know. marry all of this together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I uh, just just right off the dome I've got I've got uh, uh Russians and and mosquito spray and, and what do they have here nothing come
1: on oh, uh, you can suck I so uh hate this movie so I won't say um, it on I I just think it's it's like grating on the <laughs> nerves it's, it's quite miserable I uh could not stand the the scenario presented to open the film it was like an immediate like I I must stop watching this um yeah <laughs> fair enough
2: Suck off.
0: I think that the uh, the one thing that we need to discuss briefly before we, we move on to the final film here is uh, the way that Cyber Vengeance ends. And, and what an ending. Because it's not an ending. This is a movie well, we see without the an ending. It is a movie that stops. It actually yeah. just stops. And there is, there's a sequel. They made a sequel. And it's kind of weird because... It seems like this is a scenario where Vinegar Syndrome would have just included the sequel with Cyber Vengeance. Because uh, I, I, I don't think, as far as I know, I, I don't think there's any kind of like physical release of the sequel to I Cyber Vengeance. I can't imagine
2: there's a, a clamor of companies you know, trying to get the sequel for this stuff. Die
0: in the game, <laughs> die in life. No. and... <laughs> oh, they fucking fixed off. that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> smart. They fixed it. That's good. Jesus. Upgrade. Upgrade. Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's wild though because it's you would think that it would be like a to be continued roll credit scenario, but actually it's just like there's this Mexican standoff, and then all of a sudden he's like, "All right, I'm gonna take you on myself," blah, and then all of a sudden it's just the credits yeah, start, I, I, and you're I, like, w- "What?" The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
2: he has to go back into the original game, which he's already finished. He's got to stake his life mm-hmm. on on completing the game. He already well, he cheated apparently because he used an illegal move. Is that relevant? I have no idea. I don't, it, the, I, whole thing, yeah. the, the whole thing, the whole framing story, is a very difficult
1: point. follow from the get. Like, yeah. what the fuck is the protagonist even doing in this scenario? Like, I it was stated that he was kidnapped. Was he? I I don't even fucking have any idea. He, it's like he's solving some. He's solving some, like, fucking... They made him sit down. Uh, ARG or something. He's going around trying to crack some mystery. I don't even know why. And then when he does, it's just like, surprise, now you're at Robert Davi's house and
0: he's going to kill you. It's like, what? I would love to go to Robert Davi's house.
2: It's It's really confusing because, like, he runs... He He's a guard in the virtual prison and they don't really... There's no particular explanation of why the virtual prison is is a or thing. Or why would they need a guard? it hardly saves much more sake. space <laughs> over a real prison. You know, when they come back to the main thing, or or indeed why they would need <laughs> a guard. There's three yes. people
0: there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, so he he does that, and he's he's in in the virtual prison, and then I guess for, it. I guess the reveal is that Robert Davi also runs the other stuff or something. Like I don't really know. It, it is very. Very confusing, and the three the three antagonists, the bad guys, are like one of them is German. I think he might be played by the director actually. And then there's a guy doing <laughs> one of the worst southern accents I've heard of recent times. Um, yeah, his
1: boss, his supervisor, or whatever, who is also in with the rich people for some reason, even though you wouldn't think you would have tremendous wealth. He seems to be a middle manager. Yeah. but here he is. <laughs>
2: there you go. You need three. It's a rule of three, and it's that's basic filmmaking. So you had to have three guys. And they just yeah they just jump through different things and fight and you would wonder why they aren't just ha- they also having a grand old time and that would suggest that they could have just done this anywhere basically this this is just this is literally just what people you do for fun in the nineties I mean people had Age of Empires and they they hook up their computers and they would play it and no one died but someone won and someone lost, and that's basically what they've recreated in this movie. Again, this uh, movie,
1: yeah. in one word, is perplexing. But, uh, yeah, the fact that some of the scenarios are, like, they had resources, right? They, they obviously had some cache of research, uh, resources that really enriched the flavor of these. And then you have stuff like the, the fucking... I, I'm not sure they never really uh, settle on whether it's uh, the French and Indian War or the American Revolutionary War. But that seg- that section looks like complete fucking ass. It just looks like the a bad, guys a dressed bad as like, riverfront like, <laughs> historical recreation <laughs> club or something. And It's like, why why do we need this? Why didn't we just leave it at the... To <laughs> extend the segments where you have the cool things.
0: <laughs> Don't put in this fucking garbage. Dude, what about fuck, the Highlander part? The Scottish sword fight, come on, that, that's great.
2: Oh my god, that sword fight, that is actually one of the worst sword fights I have ever seen in a film, which is really saying something, there's a low standard right. on those, but that is just like, the choreography action stuff in this is, like, what's, what's really funny is like the dangerous shit in this movie is not on camera. Um, Matthew Howe, the, the director of photography in that little making of segment on the on the Vinegar Syndrome disc notes that uh, to shoot the dogfights they strapped themselves into the back of these biplanes with a camera and he found out after they'd taken off he couldn't turn the camera enough because it was strapped in So, uh, or he was strapped in the camera was strapped in separately so he took his harness off so he wasn't strapped into the plane but the camera still was so he could shoot that shit Which is obviously extremely dangerous, and I'm just trying to imagine imagine dying to make Cyber Vengeance. What, like, how he'd even eulogize that? That would be, you know, you you just have to run with the (laughs) oh, he died doing something he loved. Apparently, (laughs) make this movie. Uh, God, if if his widow, if his widow saw Cyber Vengeance afterwards, she'd be so fucking mad with him.
0: So (laughs) maybe the maybe the director would like show up at at his funeral and give like a weird eulogy like uh like john landis did after he killed people <laughs>
2: yeah uh yeah I, don't know. I mean i guess i guess Noah died so that's that's always a plus but like i say yeah, that that's that's, that's the stuff they did it seems like this was a grand old adventure for the people making the movie and then for us sitting here watching the movie it's a chore it's just yes. a really yeah, boring it's, it's, goddamn movie
1: it, they can't as much as mm-hmm. they can do certain things inexplicably well they certainly cannot do action at all and uh this is this is an action movie so that's a bit of a problem
0: now <laughs> oh. well gentlemen against all odds cyber vengeance was not the you know spiritual successor to the lawnmower man that was going to take us into the 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 next level the stratosphere of cyber filmmaking but there were a few other things floating around that uh, tried to attempt the same thing. Even a few movies that actually got wide releases. Imagine that. So you're watching Lawnmower Man, and part of you is probably saying, like, you know, it's almost like they're they're going for a little, well, nightmare especially in the second film, film. Yeah, for There's sure. There's an element of that. So, oh, for sure, for sure. So what if you made an original horror IP? that actually leaned into that idea that you know of of vr freddy krueger if you will and instead of him invading your dreams he kind of like creates these virtual experiences that tear the fabric of reality and and blur the lines between what's virtual and what's real geez that sounds interesting and then you get john motherfucking flynn we've already discussed it's fantastic we love us some john Flynn. so uh and, and maybe maybe even have a good writer like maybe the guy who wrote your movie uh, right afterwards he wrote a, a movie called 7 i don't know if you've heard of that one uh but the man who actually wrote the words what's in the box he's he's a writer you got write that uh, that hot property off of uh, terminator 2 and, and uh, uh, star
1: in the film as well you know you got something cooking right
0: oh Big big Eddie Furlong. You got Eddie Furlong. So yeah, there's there's ingredients here. You got ingredients for your stew. And uh unfortunately this there's something there's something a little off in the stew. Somebody dumped something in there. But this is a great example of a movie that has all these elements and you and you look at it and you go, God damn it, this could be something. It should be something. This should at least have one or two sequels. This should have filled a gap that the traditional like a uh, villainous character driven uh 80s monster movie as those kind of like dried up and you know you're, you're starting to lose the friday the 13th and the freddie kruegers and the, and the michael myers and all that stuff what's going to fill the gap and brain scan could have filled that gap uh, unfortunately you got edward furlong and you got t Ryder smith who are two people who uh I'm maybe not so great <laughs> really and even John Flynn, God bless him, I think he gets one of Edward Furlong's best performances out of him, which still means it's like teetering on fucking yeah. awful. Uh, Apparently, Flynn
2: do? hated him; said he couldn't act, like really had a bad time I, with him. <laughs> so. Shock
0: of the century! <laughs> I, I didn't I, like see. I, 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 could have fucking I don't know. Told you Maybe that. I'm a little soft
1: on this film because, to me, like there is something here. Like this, what you describe as it's is it's a uh, proffered fate. What the role it could have served. I think it largely succeeds on all of those fronts. Like this gives me the, the franchise horror pleasures that I want better than most films that were coming out in the mid nineties. It's to me, less a failure of the film itself and more a failure of marketing and, and potentially understanding the horror market at the time. Cause this is not when we're, we're really minting new franchises, I suppose, but yeah, if you compare this to something like Wishmaster, like this is a better film yeah. than Wishmaster. What are we talking about?
0: <laughs> Was well, it like a year off Scream? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I, I struggle because, I mean, shit, I can get over Edward Furlong. Lord knows I've had to get over Edward Furlong in in many movies that I actually enjoy. Uh, I, I really think you don't like the it's, trickster. It's this character, this this fucking trickster, <laughs> our Freddy Krueger's state. I do not like the fucking trickster. It's... He looks like. Uh, well, fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the you know the the band. Oh, hold on. Jesus, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Poison Ivy, the from the Cramps, and then the guy from the Cramps. It looks like you took the lead guy from the Cramps and Poison Ivy, the, the guitar player, bass player, whatever from the Cramps, and just smashed them together and made a single human being, and that's <laughs> their look. Just like fucking eighties goth rocker, and he's not scary. There's no. What do you mean,
1: Steve? The film tells you directly at the end that uh, that he is, in fact, Edward Furlong.
0: <laughs> yeah, he says it says, I'm you, Edward Furlong. And then sure, you're it's like, like you elevated are? horror. <laughs> yeah. I, in what way is this thing like Edward Furlong? First of all, at least he tries to be funny. Edward Furlong can't even manage that. But then you run into this problem. He's not scary at all. And most of the time, he's not trying to be scary. He's trying to be funny, but then he's also not funny. Yeah. So you run into all. These I mean, he's problems. he's a clear
2: Freddy Krueger attempt. He's they're definitely yeah. that's what they're trying to to get.
0: But Freddy can be scary, and Freddy can sure. be fun, and Freddy can be funny, and and this is neither scary or fun or funny. And then you've got someone like Robert Englund who's playing Freddy Krueger, and even when. A Nightmare on Elm Street movie is bad. Englund brings so much to the character, like just oh, kind of, I don't hate the trickster so much. I think he's
1: okay. It he just strikes me as a villain in like one of the myriad rock and roll horror movies I've seen a thousand. of. It's, it's just the, the design is kind of bad.
0: He's like a fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bad guy. <laughs> There's nothing about him. They're so like, oh, let's give him long
1: fingernails because Freddy Krueger exists. And also that scene where he just like eats a, a raw chicken for no reason. I'm like,
2: what? He eats a raw chicken and he listens to Primus. It's, uh, yeah. These are the attributes yeah. of the trickster. Uh, it,
0: it's- these are just, these are people that I hung out with in high school. That's
2: scary. <laughs> <laughs> what if you were trapped with them? What if it turned out they were you all along, Steve? That's That's terrifying <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Like, brain scan, I, it's not bad. I don't think I I didn't, bo- you know, it didn't bother me too much watching it, but it was never as engaging as I kind of hoped it would be, given that Flynn is is doing some pretty good stuff. It's I mean, there's a genuinely, I think, really great moment early on where uh, Furlong is kind of like staring at, he's like spying on his, his neighbor next door. And there's this kind of like this, the the main theme of the the music playing is like it has almost this Twin Peaks slow mournful vibe, and there's just, there's just kind of like a real kind of elegiac energy to it that's kind of like it's interesting, you know, you're kind of like, and you know he came from, like, the film opens with this big car crash and injury, and we know that was Ed Furlong as a kid, and he lost his mom in this this, uh, accident, and so you have this concept of, like, a really isolated, lonely kid who's grown up and now is venturing onto the internet and using that as kind of a social outlet, and he's spying on this other girl next door, and this girl next door is also spying back on him, and there's, you know... There's all these things that are established that are immediately like interesting and possibilities abound. And Flynn is a, a real mm-hmm. filmmaker. He he is actually teasing this out well, and um, with the you know using using appropriate weighting of the scenes and the cuts to, to create this kind of back and forth tension. But the film then just kind of falls apart at a certain point, or you know, or at least in the, it doesn't. It doesn't get out of like second gear. It it doesn't really yeah. elevate itself more and more. It just kind of falls into genre trappings of like it's a race against time to beat the trickster and save the girl next door. And it just sort of like mm-hmm. it it doesn't it it doesn't really find a, a kind of resolution that's satisfying. Um, uh, you know, and that, and that's kind of it, really. I think this is fine, but this definitely feels like the kind of movie you'd rent in mid '90s when you were, you know, maybe you were like 12 and you knew you shouldn't be able to see this movie, and you'd see the movie and you'd see some boobs, and you'd be like, oh, this is pretty crazy. That trickster's wild," you know. And and then yeah. you'd never think about the movie ever again. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like to me.
1: Well, I, yeah. that's fair. I I think that. It does lose its way. Is is the problem? Because like, legitimately, the first half hour or so of this movie is is pretty fantastic. Like, it is. It does Good. have this great sort of mood, and yeah, the the whole conceit of this like POV uh video experience that that Furlong is, is undertaking, where he he kills a man essentially, and it it's really compelling. Like, it's really excellent stuff. And then it yeah. I guess once we get into the uh, we gotta do we gotta do Nightmare on Elm Street. Everyone's gotta do Nightmare on Elm Street and we've got that's the direction we're gonna take this there's gonna be a boogeyman and it loses shape. Yeah, Yeah. if we wanted to have a a thing where you know, Furlong is is really kind of battling his own homicidal impulses which is what this movie purports to be doing in its finale uh, there's, there's ways to go about that and yeah Yeah, this could be a a really interesting psychological horror film. Instead, it is franchise fodder, which, but it's still
0: better than most franchise (laughs) fodder. I mean, it's it's
2: really funny because it's like the leaders and the followers of the film industry. And it's like, at this point, they're very clearly trying to establish like a Nightmare on Elm Street kind of like, can't we build a franchise from this? And then two years later, the creator of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise like puts out Scream and just completely changes the game again. And it's like, yeah, yeah yep. maybe they should have just given the money to Wes Craven to just do like that. That's the man who's actually forging the path. And like while they're while they're trying to rehash it, he's just out in front. But I guess he can't he can't work for all of them. So,
1: and it's a parallel piece to a very clear attempt from. Uh, Bob Shea, to to recapture uh, Freddy Krueger in in the cyberspace realm. This is a, is such a better like a stab at the idea than than fucking Job's War because Christ. Oh well, almighty, I, I mean God Job's War it. is
2: uh, like I I'll go on on record here whatever about these movies. <laughs> Job's War is worse than all three of these movies. Absolutely, considerably yep, worse yep. than all three of them.
0: Yep, exactly. I I do agree. Like I I didn't love this movie, but. Uh, I, I will agree. Like the first thirty minutes are, are solid. It does have this original soundtrack that evokes Twin Peaks, and the voyeuristic stuff is super interesting. And even the first kill that we get is so good. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. everything after that is basically not good at all. Yeah. You
2: get, you get Frank because... Langella as the the grizzled cop who doesn't. It doesn't really panic. Like I don't think they really establish a particularly interesting. He's antagonism fucking asleep between. beard. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. No, he's
0: completely asleep.
2: He's on set. That's- yeah. <laughs> if if yeah, I was sure in
1: would be more angry with him than Furlong. It's like, oh, we got Franklin, and he just fucking downed a fifth of whiskey and
0: stumbled out of set and mumbled out his lines and went the fuck off. I mean, there's there's not a lot for him here either. Like, as a character, he's sort of underwritten just because it, furlong, he needs some sort of antagonist that's that's grounded in reality beyond the trickster at least that's what the movie sets up so you have to have this cop and then the trickster is kind of is kind of using this to say oh well you have to do xyz or the police are going to catch you because of this now you have to kill this person or do this thing there's like different levels of the game essentially and so he's not asked to do much but he does somehow less than the bare minimum and he really is he's just sitting there like slack jawed dead-eyed and he's just like what are you doing here, Edward Furlong? <laughs> I'm on to you. The,
2: the one thing I will say about this film, just to, to touch on it, that I think is, and you know, it's kind of a lost art now. So, and, and kind of, so it's something I notice now, and it feels really fun. Is this movie has that '90s weirdly eclectic soundtrack? You know the movies used oh, to movies used so to build soundtracks, and they just don't do that anymore, and it's a goddamn shame. And this and it's got an intro for particularly for like 1994. We've got like Butthole Surfers. We have Pitch Shifter, who I didn't know anyone really listened to Pitch Shifter prior to their like '97 album, whatever www.pitchshifter.com that was when i found out about them that when they it's hit the new metal album. phase yeah exactly it was like a cyber album and uh, we've got um fucking tatter on this which i don't think i've ever heard tad played in a movie before you know it's it's oh, got these
0: interesting mud honey too mud honey, on, right? yeah
2: like for 94 it's got some really interesting choices there uh, and and that's endearing to me because i just realized you know I, you know, and it's all like, we sound often times like we're sticks in the mud, and it's like, oh, modern cinema sucks, it's not as good as when I was a kid, we had it better. But I, we we had it better, we really did. It was like, you don't have that anymore, where you have these, like, odd Oh, choices. and it nails the
0: time period, too, because every kid in the 90s that liked computers and horror movies, uh, they listened to White Zombie, and yeah, that's right. like one of the first bands that you hear in this. Yeah, <laughs> see, this is like it's not even us saying we had it better because we did not have it better because when we were in
1: high school the soundtrack movies were like the fucking new metal nightmares like they were hellscapes <laughs> <laughs> we, the yeah, people we who were worse. like 10 years older than us had it better, <laughs>
2: had yeah, it better we're than there was a, there was was a <laughs> period there, there was you know you'd still pick up the 90s stuff in the video store you catch it on TV you know nowadays I don't know what they're catching on TV anymore it's either like full you know nostalgia shit i'm shooting sure, like like whatever shawshank redemption stuff still plays on repeat forever and then this just what like fucking how to train your dragon and and marvel shit all day every day i don't know but you know, know can anyone even movie, have a two your dragon
1: jack's pulled out like a 15 year old <laughs> yeah there's like four of them yeah
2: but very know, popular of, of that era you know like I, just you know it's not it's no one remembers the music from these films do they can like marvel movies can anyone hum an iconic theme from a marvel movie no, or, or a cool <laughs> no. needle drop. Are there well, needle Drops? Actually there are. Uh, yeah, Jack, fucking... I think
1: you you may be familiar with uh, the work of James, James
2: Gunn, which is James like an entire did, film it's, it's series like,
1: built around needle drops.
2: That's true. That that is complete. Yeah, but they're garbage because it's like rather than like weird cuts and you're like, who the fuck are they? And it's like who who is pitch shifter? Who is white zombie, right? Instead it's like, oh, it's music my dad likes. Yes. You know, it's like, kids show up and it's like, oh, ACDC? Who are they? It's like, everyone fucking just turn on a classic rock right here. they still haven't gotten over that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the doing complete a different opposite. thing. It's, it's
1: like, it's yeah. pandering to nostalgia and using- Oh, it's like, remember
2: Guns N' Roses? It's like, yeah, we all fucking do. Just, like, it, they were huge. You know, you can't do that now, you're supposed to find the new- band that's Guns and Roses, well, whoever the hell they uh, are. Perhaps that's a, a Although, broader critique know. than
1: the, uh, one of the film industries. Uh, there is no such thing.
2: It's like, who's the biggest rock
1: act of today? It's like, uh, Metallica or Godsmack. Those are legitimately yes. the, the two most popular rock <laughs> bands is, in America. That is one of the things oh I, I have God. been thinking about
2: uh, recently, was just realizing that, like, I think Queens of the Stone Age are like, to the mind, like, the last guitar band. Uh, di- who replaced them? Anyone? I like. Um, maybe it's a blind spot for me. And there's some like in the, in like the the like metal sphere. There's a couple of other like prog metal bands that have some like bits and pieces like blood incantation. I think they're like the most recent band I have heard. That I'm like oh, the, you know, they sound like something a bit, not necessarily what I'd listen to every day. But like rock music's dead. Yeah. and you know okay yeah. fair maybe that's you know maybe there's a reason for that but i you know there must i it's not really dead there's still there's still got to be people with guitars and drums meeting to make a noise
0: I, you you would think but i i agree with the queens of the stone age remark because it's just like you have to make like good music with guitars but also i want to believe that you can beat me up and i know <laughs> right. that queens of the stone age can beat me up whereas like oh look at look at like I don't know, best selling, uh, rock bands right now. It's, it's either fucking old dusty new metal assholes or, you know, like classic shit like Metallica or like newer rock bands, like fucking Greta van fleet. I could beat up that entire band and I, I, (laughs) I, I, I can't fight anyone. I would, I would murder them. I would just snap them like, like kindling and, and then, or there's the uh, what's what's that band? They just won a bunch of fucking Grammys. They're called like Manskin or something what like that. F- That's probably not even how you pronounce it. They're like Swedish. Google Manskin hit images <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even kidding it's like man scheme but it's got like a like a weird like open circle over the a or something like that but oh okay uh, yeah, like i freely admit i i'm not like
2: the source for the go-to source for new music but it just feels to me like i no, mean they, when you watch they new- won
0: they won a bunch of grammys right and i was just like oh is there like an actual everyone wins that,
2: grammys though
0: i sure sure not a legitimate award show at all but I'm like okay is there a a rock band that exists that I'm not familiar with because I'm an old crusty piece of shit and I'm missing out and then I I fucking look them up and it's it's like the most embarrassing shit ever like not only could you beat them up but it's just it's super funny what they're doing because every single lyric is just like Rocky Rocky I like rock, like that's. It
2: that was was that, yeah. I mean that happened for a while. It was like the the. It was like the classic rock revival, and they had a bunch of people trying to dress like Slash and pretend, you know, pretend they were like the the bands that their dads listened to. That was very brief, thankfully. There was like a couple of them. I can't remember what the name of one of the bands was. It was like Iron Leopards or Steel Panthers or some nonsense. But anyway, to get back to the point, you watch a movie nowadays, a genre movie. Like you, you watch like like I watched John Hyams' Sick a while back, and not a bad movie, pretty solid, low budget horror movie. Uh, and John Hyams knows what he's doing, so you know, good. You know, this is good stuff. Wait, is it Peter Hyams? I can never remember father the son. It's John Hyams is the younger. He he doing it. It's great, but there's no there's no needle drops. There's no. You know, memorable band being given a chance there. You know, and it's not happening in the if it's not happening in the horror space, it's just not happening. Yeah, I think a lot of it's the, you, know? you know,
1: the industry a lot like record labels are not fucking combing for underground acts to push in films. Like that synergy is is gone now. Again, it just, it just kind of comes it's back lame, to uh, you know. Imagine being. Uh, you know, a 13-year-old in the late 90s and hearing fucking Godsmack's whatever and just being like, "Yeah, this will be the biggest band in the world for the next fucking 25 years. It's like, what the fuck has happened <laughs> to rock music? That this man has yeah. like fucking uh, 20 weeks atop the, the Billboard charts in the year of our Lord 2022. Like, what what the fuck has happened?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just... Okay, the one thing I will say, though, is the way that present day uh TV and, and cinema uses music is, is mostly trash. However, I think it's awesome that Kate Bush gets to get a bunch of money now. Like sure. that's super nice.
2: I never her. I mean that's it's like the also, everything that, that leads ne- us back to everything everywhere all at once. Like not a great movie, but you know what? The people who won awards, good for them. Same deal. Good Stranger Things good piece of yeah. shit. But give Kate Bush Kate, money, great.
0: Give Kate Bush money. And and I never would have predicted that in a million years. If you would have told me like twenty years ago like Hey, what if, what if Kate Bush is going to have a, a smash number one single from a song that she released five years before you were even <laughs> born? I'd be like, Oh, that's fucking weird. <laughs> the fun and then it's great too. It's like, now it's like fucking cool. Like Kate Bush is fucking cool. Not that she's not cool. Cause she is, but like wh- when I was in high school, the only people who really were into Kate Bush were like girls who wore too many scarves inside. Like that's, and now it's like everybody fucking loves. God, her. you were in a different quiet. high school
1: than I did. I, I feel like no one at my high school would have recognized the name Kate Bush.
2: Oh, you see, I mean, it's you didn't little, have
0: enough scarf yeah. girls. It's
2: maybe a little different because I, I think she was. All day. She was just busy, like more apparent. Like I, I would hear Kate Bush on the radio semi. Regularly, You know, because she's just because she was established, which makes it even funnier than when the whole Stranger Things kicked off and all these people going like, oh, yeah, we've resurrected this forgotten artist. And it's like, no, you didn't. She's fucking number one album. This was like a top 10 hit. Yeah. Like, what, what Haven't the hell you are seen you our Christmas about? Christmas
0: special? It's, <laughs> the Kate Bush Christmas special is the best Christmas special ever created, by the way. So Kate Bush is just sure a one that. of a kind. She's honestly,
2: whatever you think about uh, Genesis or whatever. I mean, the fact that Peter Gabriel, I think, was like central to. Getting her into a recording studio with a bunch of money—that's that's that's a gift to us all. So you know that's probably worth one too many shitty prog rock albums.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think the big takeaway from this episode is fuck everything everywhere all at once. Uh, fuck all three of these movies. Fuck virtual reality. But hey, Kate Bush, man, just go back. It Kate Bush,
2: sounds man. like it sounds like next week we're going to be talking about everything everywhere all at once. And we aren't. That's not on the slate. Well, because I'm not because I'm not yeah, watching it again. I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. No, you you just don't, picked, don't
1: prematurely not listen. <laughs> you just picked several <laughs> fucking films to frame directly in opposition to it. So I'd say that that. Uh, not yeah, you I'm shit
0: talking. Um, I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to talk shit, and then someone on Twitter is going to call Jack racist because he doesn't like. The I movie. mean, you know, yeah, Walter so, Shaw's going to come to your house. We
1: we had like connections <laughs> with all these films, right? We had we had John Flynn, we had uh, Robert Davi, uh, who we covered recently uh, with this Hunter Biden opus, and yeah, we had Jeff Fahey, <laughs> uh, the lawnmower man himself. But I, I note that we missed one, and I Jack may have seen this movie, but to me, I, it feels like maybe we got to do a Patreon bonus, because there is uh, another friend of the show, good old Jalal Merhi, uh, also has a, a fucking cyber film, Expect No Mercy. Ooh. I feel like uh,
2: oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, I have that on the yeah, shelf. Billy I don't think Blanks, I watched that. Billy yet. And I
0: Why didn't we watch that?
2: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Blank, I didn't know that was a cyber movie. Hey, the cover uh, is he's wearing
1: a fucking VR helmet uh, in front of like a Tron background. I got to imagine.
2: You see, because I was thinking like I, I skipped because I actually considered his work, but I got like TC two thousand, which is like a cyborg movie. I didn't realize it was a cyber. Mm movie so shit yeah you well, can't
0: yeah. mix your borgs and your birds well, yeah, no. the
1: the people demand it we need to cover cyber geelong
0: yeah side yeah. billy yeah. Cy yeah. blanks i'm 100 in for a patreon bonus for that because <laughs> shit i mean you don't got to twist my arm to watch this also so, we got going to watch okay.
2: expect no mercy
0: <laughs> yeah especially when it's when it's sitting like five feet away from me on a shelf <laughs> I suppose I can, uh, you know, walk three steps and, and make that happen. So, uh, that sounds great to me. Uh, but Hey, we should probably wrap this episode up. So Myros, what are you putting over this week?
1: Uh, well, I don't do any recreational viewing, so I'm sticking with something I saw for class, which is wake and fright. I had not seen this, uh, oddly enough, I went through a, a uh, exploitation period when the, that documentary was all the rage, but I never got around to Wake and fright. And Holy shit. It's uh it's probably the best of all of those. It, it's fan fucking tastic. Uh Donald Pleasant's performance for the ages. It's just uh it's amazing. Um
2: What are you talking about? It's a Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Fair
2: enough. Um <laughs> it
1: is it's great. Watch Wake and Fright if you have the opportunity because uh it's it's just amazing.
2: All right, Jack, what are you putting over? Uh, I'm gonna put over a movie I watched the first time today and uh, it'll only take you three minutes just hop on youtube and do a search for the wizard of speed and time and uh, it is a uh, mike jitlov directed it's a stop motion film i apparently made it for disney back in the 70s it's like from 1979 i think it, it was integrated into a feature film uh, on a similar thing but it's it's just a three minute short movie i guess that, that he put together it is an incredible work of stop motion uh, in which a guy in green outfit basically just, like, runs around like the Flash, and there's a musical number, and there's cameras dancing, and the guy's lip-syncing in stop-motion, which is, I can't think I've seen too much of that, just a really fun, tremendous example of stop-motion animation uh, that you can just watch on YouTube for absolutely nothing, and like I say, it's, it's three minutes long, so that's the, you know... You don't you don't have to divert your life for too long for this one. So yeah, the Wizard of Speed of t- Speed and Time. Uh, check
0: check that, that one like out. a treat. Yeah, it's fun. I'm it's it's it. good. I, I, I got I got time for that shit. Uh, I watched an amazing movie yesterday, and and I I wasn't expecting this. I was kind of worried because I, I watched some stuff, and and two out of the three things that I watched, one one thing was very bad. One thing was fine but unremarkable, and I'm like shit. What am I gonna put over this? And then last night, I watched a little early 1970s uh, crime exploitation ish, black exploitation ish movie called Across 110th Street. And if you are listening to this right now and, and you're saying to yourself, I don't know what that is, never heard of it, uh, just stop what you're doing, watch it. I think Kino put out a Blu ray, I don't know, five years ago or something like that. Uh, it's it's floating around on the internet. If you can't get a hold of it, but it is probably my favorite uh, black exploitation or black exploitation adjacent film that I've ever seen. It is jaw droppingly great. It is claustrophobic. It's sweaty. It's cynical as fuck, and it does uh, an examination of of race and class, kind of filtered through. Uh, urban crime and and you know the police and then different <clears throat> gangs uh in this case uh, italian gangs and black gangs in harlem and it does it better than anyone else like it, this is kind of movie where you watch it you're like fuck this is from 1971 it feels more contemporary than contemporary films that purport to be about the same issues and it is just it's so fucking good and I know this is just a cop out. Just bad. watch it; it's good. But no, seriously, just I think watch that's it. literally all I said about *Wake and Fright*. They they don't make I them said, like this watch anymore. It good. Yeah, I mean, it's just just fucking watch it; it's good. I'm telling you, if if you do anything this week, double feature *Wake and Fright* and *Across 110th Street*. Uh, Myros jack i don't know if you've seen this movie fucking we'll watch it i guarantee you it's on my list certainly
2: uh but no not Steve, this
0: is the put over section i
2: feel like if you say watch ass. it
1: it's fucking good that's the entire purpose of the section you know i don't know i don't think we need the deep purpose. analysis the on these yeah. films if we do then i've been failing for no, years true.
0: that's true i know we i didn't just, want to say feel anything like, out of me being like It's about race and class, and it's good. Like, come on. But it is, and it is, and it's great, and you're going to love it. It's so, it's, oh, God. I'm just, I'm getting excited all over again, just thinking about it. So, yeah, watch that movie. It's one of the best things I've watched in a very long time. Um, Also, hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you like it, why don't you tell a friend? Go tell a friend. Do you have any friends? If you're listening to this podcast, maybe you don't, that's okay. But if you have some friends, tell them they should listen to this podcast. And then you know what else you can do? If you really like us, there's a link in the description to this podcast, and that will take you to our Patreon page. What do you get there? Well, if you donate a few bucks, I will send you in the mail, if you live in the continental United States, a movie from my collection. I just got a giant box of fucking movies from uh, my my uncle, and I don't know what to do with it. He's like, I was gonna give these to Goodwill, but you like movies. I was like, okay, and now I got a box of movies. Now, are they, are they all gems? No, there's, th- there's things in here I would not, dear listener, uh give to you for your your loyal patronage. There's a, there's a couple of bangers in here. So, we got we got some bangers. Jack can confirm bangers are are in the box. And on top of that, I got a bunch of other stuff that I just might give you and you have no idea what you're getting. Are you getting a Blu-ray? Are you getting a DVD? Who can say? But you're getting something. Now, if you want to donate at a higher level, you get to that $5 level. Once you hit $5, things get very special for you, okay? Now, in addition to your free movie, you're also like the people who donate at any level. You're still going to get access to all the back catalog of optimism, vaccine content, including uh, written things. We've got podcasts, exclusive podcasts. You can only hear if you're a patron and uh, you know, maybe, maybe you're going to get a special cyber episode for being a patron soon. Who's to say, we don't know. We don't know. And then also you get a few extra perks, that $5 level, including being able to vote on future episodes. We might. We we were talking about this before we started recording. We got to put up a poll soon. We're gonna have you guys take a poll on what the next episode should be after we do. uh, Not everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Or, or Jack's dream episode of what's better, Red Hot Chili Peppers or Foo Fighters? The answer is fucking just drown me in a shallow. Do not
2: pin that on me, Steve. Do not. (laughs) Let's not even joke about this.
0: Yeah. Listen. Jack's never met a guy with a sock on his dick that he didn't like, okay? So, uh, but but anyways, you can vote other stuff. And then also you get other perks. Like, you get your name right on the air if you're at $5 and above. So, Myros, who are our five and above patrons right now?
1: Uh, yeah, we have Hoofy Hoof, CWW, Evan, Ryan, Dustin, and Paula.
0: Wonderful. Angels, each and every one of them. God bless them. Now, if you really, really want to be a diehard, another thing you can do is you can donate at our highest level, that $25 level. You don't have to set that up as reoccurring. Obviously we will love you forever and probably erect some sort of monument to you if you choose to do that. But, uh, if you want to throw us 25 bucks, you get to choose an episode, anything you want, 25 bucks. Uh, so far you've all been very kind to us, but you don't have to be. Uh, I take great joy in causing Adam Myros pain in his day-to-day life. And I think you would too. So think about that. Now, you have any questions comments death threats marriage proposals optimism vaccine at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at optimism vaccine adam Myros, always standing by always ready to answer your inquiries so uh yeah with that i think that is pretty much everything for this week so uh gentlemen i've got one last thing to say to you
2: suck off <laughs>